Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Stick around until the end of today's episode to hear the trailer for The Athletic's next narrative podcast, The Play Callers, where Jordan Rodrigue will take you inside the dynamics of the NFL's youngest coaching family, the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay coaching tree. The entire series will be released on The Athletic Football Show feed on Monday, July 10th. How do I sound now? Sound okay? Did you ask Pop that question? Let's do it. Welcome to the Athletic MBA Show. Monday through on the Athletic Podcast Network. Okay, here we go. And it is another Hoops Adjacent episode on the Athletic MBA Show. David Aldridge here in D.C. It's about to rain a lot. Thunderstorming in the Bay. Marcus Thompson. actually. Wow. This is a rare time we have similar weather. Really? I get to brag about my West Coastness. I know, right? Yeah, it's right? kind of gloomy. Like it looks like it's about to rain. Yeah, it yeah, might be you... a it might be a chubby rain. <laughs> chubby. It's <laughs> my one of my favorite movies of all time. I love that movie so much. I can quote it from memory. Uh, Amic, what's the weather like in in the nine one six? What are you doing? I was gonna say Marcus is only about ninety minutes from me, That's but true. if you if you want to get in the car and and come up to good old Sacramento, we got we got some blue sky. A little bit of clouds, but we have the most mild Sacramento summer in recent memory. We have not probably beautiful. It's been amazing. No, no triple digits. Right. It usually gets hot up in there, right? Oh yeah. In in that inland valley area. Walk outside cussing to be so hot. (laughs) Normally, here's a quick side story, guys. It normally gets hot enough, or or like that history is what propelled our family to after the draft or around the draft. We took a quick two-day camping getaway, right? And the idea is get out of the triple digits, get up to the mountains, and get out of the heat. Well, the the script didn't cooperate, so we left like 75 degrees in Sacramento and decided to go sleep in sleeping bags for two nights in 40-degree Lake Tahoe. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that did. That's not it, good. It did not work. It did not work. That, that plan was supposed to change. Yeah, right. Right. Always subject to change. Mother yeah. Nature didn't cooperate. All right, so we're talking. Speaking of change, we're at the. I was about to say, yeah. Speaking right? of out in the cold, <laughs> <laughs> it's that time of year. It's my least favorite time of year because I've talked to agents, which I don't like, but that's okay. It's my job. It's what I have to do. So, um, your squad made so- your squad. I shouldn't say the squad in the city in you that you live in is. Uh, they made some some really interesting draft night moves to clear some cap space. Right, and so now. I know there's been a lot of talk about what are they going to do with that cap space? They're going to extend Sabonis, um, which I think they can do later than the fall, if I remember correctly. Um, but what do they do with that cap space, Sam? What's the what's the target? Sam, those, remember you he teams? doesn't want you to take his guy, by the way. So be careful. Who's how that? You answer Kuzma? This. Kuzma. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he said he said bye, Felicia. <laughs> no, I love Kuz, yeah, but yeah. that's not 
Trust me, that's that's not where they are. That's <laughs> not where they are anymore. It's so. not where they are. <laughs> um, I'm I'm honestly incredibly curious, guys. I mean, the Sabonis thing. I do think if I'm handicapping it, I I think that'll probably happen. And as you know, with the CBA changes, they can go up to forty percent now on the veteran extension and renegotiate yeah. that. So that money is going to add up now in a way that it wasn't going to previously, but that still leaves a lot of extra yes. money to go around. Um, so, you know, Kuz is a guy that they not only have been tied to, like they basically traded for. Like that trade was right, done that's right, that's with the right. Lakers, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and now kind of a, you know. An, same a, group, right? Same, 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 same yeah. GM and everything. Same GM. Same, yeah. You know, they saw him as a fit with with these guys. And and then, you know, obviously the uh, the Lakers pivoted and did the Westbrook deal instead. So they've liked him for a long time. Um, I think they got to be a little bit careful because, uh, you know, like the the prospect of an overpay seems like like mm-hmm. it might happen here uh, if that's the road they go and down. Those kill you more now, Phil. Like. Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. and and it's funny. Uh, our buddy John Hollinger did his rankings of all the different free agents. I was looking at his Kuzma breakdown. He's clearly not a, a big time Kuz guy, and it was like, man, he had him handicapped at like thirteen and a half million, which I think is probably low. But like, no, he then, just walked away from thirteen million, <laughs> right? <laughs> but then you got that. like people. Okay, but people are talking about thirty. Like you cannot be giving Kuz thirty. I don't think I don't know if know. it's going to get to thirty, but certainly he's going to get to John Collins. Now yeah. I can tell you that for a fact. He's getting yeah. to John Collins. So yeah, that's you know, which is twenty five. So right, I mean, right. You know, um, but but it's a fair question. It's a fair question. Is twenty five an overpay for for Kyle Kuzma? I mean, that's that's a fair question. Um, he was really productive the last year and a half in Washington. Not that anybody noticed because it's Washington, but sure. they were, but they, but he was very productive, but here's the thing. This is what I'm not, I'm not as sure about him going to sack as maybe other people. Are. I know that it's important for Kuz to get paid, but he's going to get paid. But even more important is he wants to go someplace where he can hoop. You know, he's, he does not, I can tell you what he does not want to do. He does not want to go back to a team where he's just going to stand in the corner and wait like he had to yeah. do in LA. That's not what he's going to want to don't do Don't you at think all. he might, He, you know, and, and again, we don't need to go too far down the cruise road with the Kings because I don't know if that's yeah. one of their targets, but like he might, if it was sack, he might be in the corner waiting to shoot. Like, exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So yeah. I'm not sure that this is the perfect fit for him. Now, are they Will they be good? Yes. Will they be I think he can help them, but I know he doesn't just want to be a stationary guy. He wants to have the ball in his hands. He wants to right. create off the bounce. Um, he got a lot of freedom to do that in Washington. I mean, a lot of nights because of all the injuries to Beal and Porzingis, he was the number one option. Right. You know, and he wouldn't be close to the number one option in sack. So that's why I'm not quite sure that's as good a fit as other people think it might be. I'm not sure. But if just knowing if, what I, what's important if, to him, so if we'll we're see. throwing names around, uh, what do you guys think about about the Bruce Brown idea? Like to me, now, that that's would make one, a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Brown would make a lot of sense. I, I might want to overpay Bruce, you know, more. Like, I, yeah, like yeah. Bruce and bringing back Harrison Barnes. Like yes. I like that right? because wouldn't you rather do that you with your get, thirty million? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you could bring Barnes back. Like Kuzma would have to be. Uh, an obvious upgrade over Barnes, right? Because he's going to be more money. Yeah, I, I, I like the idea of bringing Barnes back. You might even get Barnes at a nice price 
to stay. I was thinking uh, like 20-ish, right, Marcus? Like 20-ish? Yeah, like he, he would make 18 last year. Like, I don't think it would be crazy. It was, but the contract like, was going down. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it would be crazy. And yeah. add a Bruce Brown, to me, that makes a lot of sense. But uh, you're also seeing, like, I mean, the Hawks gave away John Collins. <laughs> like, it's we're seeing, like, people yes. terrified of the cap and trying to get below the second apron. Like already, Sam, you see this already impacted free agency now. Like it was supposed yeah. to be like the the anti warrior Steve Ballmer thing, but it feels like everybody else is being affected by it, not just Ballmer and Joe Lacob. Yeah, and I mean to your point about the domino effect, you know, Kuz was tied to Utah at different times, and now mm-hmm. John being there probably takes that one off the board. And yeah, I mean, you're seeing some of these deals. I mean. In, DA in your backyard, the Beal deal. It was obviously unique because of the no trade clause, but like right. still, you know, like the pennies on the dollar transactions that are happening, uh, and then the unintended consequences that that end up bleeding into free agency. I think that's going to be a, a major storyline here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely. I, I'm going to say chilled because that's not quite true, but I think people are being very proactive. You know, they do not want to be anywhere near that second apron they are terrified of that second apron you know so anybody that's close to that i wonder what milwaukee's gonna do like they got some choices they gotta make you know they like, do you know what what do you pay chris metal i i don't know like i really don't know like i if he walked away Especially from 40 i kind of hinging on it right like Giannis got right. looking at you know this, what I'm right? Like, they, they got some tough. I think he is. Yeah, that one to me is a little uncomfortable. And by that, I mean, you know, like on the one hand, Chris kind of has him over a barrel because of the CBA framing of it, right? But on the flip side, they're looking at him like, man, you just came off your worst year. Your your health continues to be an issue. And, you know, and this is just me kind of reading the room. Like, I don't know if you got some truth serum into Giannis and said, like, like, is this number like the guy that you want to rock with? If you had to pick a guy all over the, all over the league, like, I don't think the vibe's exactly the same as it was when they won the title. I think that, you know, but he knows the alternative. You saying it ain't Stephen Draymond? <laughs> <laughs> I do not think it's Stephen Draymond. But I think Giannis is smart enough to know he needs him. And, and again, because of the way that – the sausage gets made in the league, like, you know, he's probably the best option. So, yeah, they can't lose him, but if he comes into that boardroom, you know, flexing and saying, I got to get to this number, if I was the Bucks, I'd I'd be pushing back because, you know, it's been a bad stretch for Chris. I mean, to your point, Marcus, like, doesn't Harrison Barnes do everything that Chris Middleton does? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, and probably is going to cost a lot less money, you know? I mean... Chris is a, still, a, I think, a good defender, but I don't think he is where he was a couple of years ago just because of the injuries, you know? Right. So, 100%. Um, so I think people are going to, and, and Bruce Brown, same thing, right? Like, I mean, he does a lot of those things that you that you get from Chris Middleton, like, and won't cost $40 million probably. There's going to be so. people lining up to double Bruce Brown's pay and feeling you good know, about I it. I right? know, right? So there's <laughs> no got, chance. There's no chance he goes you, back brother. to Denver, right? What is it? What is it? Eight, seven million they can offer him? Or eight million they can offer him? Something uh, crazy. I just read it the other day. I think it can go a little higher, but man, it, don't you guys love how. You got the books and the economics and the reality that everybody faces when free agency begins. But then you also have, and this is what we all, I think, enjoy coverage-wise, is the human component. 
and the emotional side. So when Bruce wins that title uh, and then they celebrate in that parade, and you guys I'm sure saw this, like you got Bruce kind of trolling the crowd a little bit saying, should we run it back? And and he was like saying things that you just – in your head, you're kind of going, Bruce, don't do that. Like, that, there's no that way. The, that was the Hennessy, man. That was, <laughs> yeah. the, that was the brown liquor talking. Right. <laughs> Listen, I actually, at Calvin Booth, this is in the locker room. Champagne's flowing. Championship just ended. And when I talked to Calvin, and I said, you know, I know your head's not in this space, but any quick thoughts on Bruce Brown possibly coming back? And to, Calvin kind of smiled. He goes, well, maybe I'll catch him while he's drunk and, and get him to say yes. You know, like that, that's the only way I think yeah, yeah. that he's coming no, back. Hey, but, sign this yeah. sign this form here to get your championship <laughs> ring. Sign this for my niece. Yeah. This is how you get your championship <laughs> ring. Yeah, gonna, you just need a signature. <laughs> Psych. You know, so, uh, yeah, hey, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be tough. We're back at this point again. Uh, and I don't know. I feel a little bit more excited. But, Sam, you, this, you wrote about this, so. He's not a free agent, but this like the number one chip is probably Damian Lillard at this point. Is is my guy finally gonna get get up out of here? Or is, are we? Is this actually? Should I actually get excited about him possibly <laughs> going to Philly and winning the title that Iverson never won? Or is <laughs> this just another? Philly, huh? Wow! I I want yeah, Dame yeah. in Philly because two thousand one needs to be finished. <laughs> right, like, like we got we got to close that circle. Iverson was supposed to get a title, and who better to follow the Iverson mode than Dame going they there would love delivering Dame a title? Yeah. They, they would love, love Dame and Philly. Yeah, so, Philly. Should I get I mean, excited no. about this, or is this going to end up the same way it always ends? Up? Man, let's we, we're going to have to revisit next week to see. I think it's coming to a head one way or the other. Um, I, it does feel. You know, I'm going to steal this from our colleagues and friends. I, I was listening to Zach Lowe and, and Howard Beck get into it the other day. Mm-hmm. And, and the way they put it was, it's not it's not coming to a head just yet. It's like coming to a shoulder, coming to a neck, <laughs> like we're making our way up the body. Uh, it feels more real, in my opinion, than probably ever. Um, you know, they met, obviously, on Monday. We're recording on Tuesday. And going into that meeting, I did not expect there to be any fireworks that were going to tell us one way or the other. Cause really what, what I was trying to do when I wrote about it was just kind of reframe the timeline because it was never the all or nothing draft night experience that it had kind of been made out to be Damien and his camp had planned on essentially giving the Blazers more time to get into free agency a bit, to keep working the phones, but there was, I will say, like a flashpoint moment that they could have tipped it the other way where, you know, there was an ESPN report uh, essentially intimating that that this was the Blazers team, you know, kind of love it, or take it or leave it. And the Dame needed to decide if this is something he wanted to be a part of. That was not the message that he and his people had been getting to that point. So that was a little squirrely moment, I think where it was kind of like they, I think partly what prompted the meeting was like, all right, can we get a a reconfirmation of the message here? Like you guys are working the phones for big time moves to become a contender again, right? You're not just doing a Scoot Henderson victory parade with the draft class that you're really excited about. And then basically saying, if I want to remain employed here, I can, you know, they, they needed clarity on what the approach was and when it was kind of, you know, reconfirmed that, they are trying to make some stuff happen. Then the the runway's a little bit longer, but I don't mm-hmm. think it's all that long. I think if if we get into early July and there's nothing cooking, then the ball goes back to Dame's court 
And I mean, you guys, I think probably agree with him in particular because of the history and the roots and the loyalty and all the off court stuff that he has with Portland. I still have part of me that feels like I'll believe it when I see it as far as him asking out. Sure. But I do think like at that point now the, the whole, everybody in that room is then looking at him and saying, okay, this is what it is. What are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, Jason Quick wrote a great column today. He did. I highly recommend yeah. it in The Athletic about how if Dame wants to, I mean, Dame can, he can stay there, but he's going to have to probably accept that at the end of his career, he's not going to be the man anymore. He's going to be maybe coming off the bench, maybe backing up Scoot Henderson. Um, and if he wants to do that, there's a chance that Portland could put that kind of team together over the next three or four years. Um, but if he expects to win a championship or contend for a championship and be the man every year, the rest of his career there, that's probably not going to happen just because they just, it's not possible for them to put a team like that together around him. So it's an, it's a, it's a fascinating thought piece. And I know, I mean, I think we all agree that, you know, one of the, potential avenues that people have been talking about was, well, they can get Draymond Green. Well, they're not getting Draymond Green. I don't right. think any of us believe they're getting Draymond Green. Draymond Green's going back to the Warriors. I think that I think the if you didn't know it before last week, before they sent Jordan Poole three thousand miles to the east for Chris Paul, you right. should know it now. I mean that's rather clear about the direction that they're going in going forward. No question. Although, D.A., to me, if if those are the two alternatives, and I love Quick's piece, just like you, uh, and again, if we're just handicapping it, like if, if those are the two alternatives, then then to me, it's it's Dame ends up asking out. Yeah, I, I mean, don't, it's, I don't know if he has a backup, but it ain't Draymond. It's not going to yeah, be Draymond. But again, that's like, even when I was trying to learn for the story that I wrote, like, the only reason I even wrote the Draymond stuff, knowing how implausible it was going to be, was because mm-hmm. it shows you where his head's at. And it's like yeah. that, okay, give me Draymond, give me OG Ananobi, give me Pascal Siakam. Like, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Right. Like, those yeah. are not happening. And if that's the kind of stuff that keeps him engaged, keeps him in town, I don't think he'll want to be there. Yeah. And, and with Quick's piece, it, it what I, you know, like always with Jason, like, he'll make you think. So at the end of it, you got to decide, like, can you see that vision that he's, painting and i i honestly can't like the idea that he'll take the sentimentality route and and have the like i'll get a chip when i'm 38 Mm -hmm. um, and and it'll take a while and it doesn't matter if i'm not the guy like not when you have like marcus you joked about not joked but like philly miami i mean i think miami Mm -hmm. is number one on that list like these are if you can get that deal done, these are plug and play options yep. where you go, boom, I'm a contender now. And this yeah. is, let's do this. Yeah. Especially when they're talking about, yo man, I know you want Draymond, but we, we can bring back Alpha Riga Minu if you want. Like that's about, <laughs> that's about, that's about the best we can do. Uh, who say dames off the table is, or we don't know what happens. Maybe free agency needs to shake out first. Who are you looking at? It's like, the, the piece that will unfold a lot of these dominoes. Is it, is it Harden it's and Harden, his decision? Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Harden. Well, because you got the Houston component is massive. They're sitting there with 60 million plus in cap space. And, and, and I think, I'm curious how you guys see it, like more uh, uncertainty now than there might have been a couple months ago about what direction they're going to go. Mm-hmm. I think they, they feel pretty good about their draft. You know, 
they yes, they love James Harden. Yes, you know, like we've written when he left for Brooklyn in that trade, like literally told him on the way out the door, I'll be back, like he was Arnold or something. <laughs> like, you know, and that was the plan. But now, okay, he flamed out a bit in the playoffs. It's Arnold, by the way. It's Arnold, Arnold yes, <laughs> yes, Arnold. <laughs> Apologies. And, you know, flames out a little bit in the playoffs. How much money does he want? Um, you know, do they have leverage? Because it, it did seem for most of this season like he had, like, some reasons that he wanted to be back in Houston, even beyond basketball. But now, I mean, they can look at a Fred Van Vliet. They can look exactly. at all these different guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense for them to throw everything at James. Van Vliet makes a lot more sense to me for them, for their timeline also, right? Because what James is – how old is James? 32, 33? Like, he's not a kid. Like, and, you know, Van Vliet is in his late 20s. I mean, it makes a lot more sense – for the group that they're gonna, they're trying to build around, and he's not only not a kid, da, not to slander, but it's like you know, he's yeah, not. This is not LeBron. You saying, you saying that's a that's <laughs> a rugged thirty four. Yeah, spot. this is not <laughs> like LeBron in the cryo chamber spending a million <laughs> right. and a half a year on his. Say like Steph yeah. working, waking up at six a.m. every morning in right. the offseason, eating egg whites yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> like the Vegas side trips were still happening with Philly in the playoffs. Right, right. Like, exactly. That's exactly. how he's wired. So I just don't. I'm not sure that may. Now look, I don't know. That's probably why you can trust the DA. Huh? You know, the dudes who hit the club and still get it done. Like, you yeah, know, there's some guy. Hey, some, some Rod Strickland that way. The, Rod Strickland was the greatest. <laughs> yeah, but at greatest what age, game DA? day performance <laughs> after after a big night that I ever see. Like, oh my god, I don't know how he did it. He's amazing. So I'm just so, saying, Rod Strickland played till he was 38. That's all I'm saying. Like, Rod is. was. Rod <laughs> nine assists. With the, he can get it today. <laughs> it's unbelievable what he could do. Uh, how how he lived off the floor back in the day. But so we got other teams out there, Sam, with room. And Detroit's one that everybody talks about. There's been a lot of a lot of uh, discussion about Cam Johnson going there and a couple other place, people. Um, I wonder who is more kind of whose owner is more impatient. I wonder, among these teams that we know have cap space, you got Tom Gores in Detroit, you've got Fertitta in Houston, you've, you've got the DeVos, you know, clan in Orlando. Those teams have all been really bad for a while, and they've tried to build through the draft, and they've not been very successful doing so. But I wonder which one of those owners is most – capable and likely to overspend to get somebody some name in there that will help him or her win games and sell tickets so if i gotta pick between those three and admittedly i don't have a great sense for tom as you know in terms of his his the pulse on him right now um Mm -hmm. although you don't really have to have a great pulse when you throw 12 million dollars at uh you know or more what what was the final number on money Seventy some million yeah. dollars. Like yeah. that's a good pulse. Yeah, you know, and he gave. I mean, he gave Stan thirty five. You yeah. know, like when yeah. nobody was going to give Stan anything close to that, right? Right. So right. yeah, so yeah, so he doesn't mind he's, spending. He's thirsty. I mean, I'll probably go with Fertitta, though. You know, and part of it is, it's the it's the the narrative or the storyline where you know Tillman really enjoyed. I think those early years as Rockets mm-hmm. owner where he was in the spotlight. They were trying to take down the giant with the Warriors, you know, in front of him every single year. 
And, you know, and, and Houston was one of the places to be. And, uh, you know, I remember like covering those series and even nights where we'd be at the BGO's bar at the Marriott hotel by the arena and, and Tillman would be, it would be kind of out among the people doing his thing. And like, you know how it is when, when somebody buys a team, they enjoy, especially those early years of like, I'm the guy, this is my team. And then it just, everything changes. James leaves, nobody cares. You know, we've all been through it at different times, but like I've joked with the the head of PR for the Rockets, Tracy Hughes, you know, we get along really well. And it's just like when James Harden left, like, oh, I'm sorry, Trace, haven't called in 18 months. You know, like <laughs> we don't, you totally, especially right. national media, you lose connection. And so Tillman is sitting in the middle of all that going, well, shoot, this ain't as much fun, you know, and, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. you hear is that he's ready to go and he wants to. You know, Marcus, tell me if you've ever heard this before, like he might have some interest in in a two timeline type of thing. Like, give me all of it. Give me the the young stars. Give me the, the old heads to to bring this thing up. That works so well. It so works well. really well. It's, you know, <laughs> Warrior Blueprint. Well, well, Sam, who, who do you right? Who do you think? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match. This offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Broker dealer of of the teams with cap space. Who do you think uh, is more likely to land the surprise free agent? Like, is it Houston with the young talent and you know Ime Udoka? Right? Does somebody want to go to the Pacers or or do somebody like say, hey, Orlando's got the talent? I may not like Orlando, but they they could win if you add a P. They feel like the more ready plug and play. Like, who do you think out of these teams that have cap space and aren't the most desirable destinations, who can land somebody, you think? Honestly, you know, I think I think Houston, I mean, Houston, we know the market in the city and, and the player opinion. I mean, that's one of the shortlist cities where oh, guys yeah. spend off seasons Houston. there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, I mean, James, not to keep bringing it back to James, but you know, part of the reason the Rockets have so much confidence is because they've literally watched James practice in their facility last summer. You know, like 
that's he came back and that's how it is but even guys who didn't own the city like James Harden did you got all kinds of players who just love the city love living there so probably Houston but I mean to me Orlando is you know quietly put a nice little thing together very, and if it's a very interesting group isn't it yeah and but they're going to be targeted and deliberate with what they do I, I don't I think they're they're throwing money around less than than Houston is I think they have such a decent core that they've got to be careful uh, and make sure everything complements well. Uh, but, you know, and Detroit too, man, like, you know, we, we sometimes sleep on the history of the Pistons because it's in the, in the review a little bit. But, you know, you see that appeal come into play. Jeremy Grant, a couple years ago when he went, like, you know, some of the, the, the roots of that organization in the city compelled him. And, and yeah. so I could see some of that stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah, but don't they have like with the new rules in the second apron? It feels like they need to like get it now before these dudes start ha- before they start having to pay. Like it seems like the window's shorter. They can't wait six years. Like they're gonna have to right. pay these guys in three years. So it feels like that you know creates a little bit more urgency because what's Paolo gonna want right in two years? Right? What's right. what's right. what's Franz gonna want? Like. Right. Right. You got to you got to make some decisions on some dudes, right? Like, and they got they already now they got nine point guards. You know? <laughs> got, it's unbelievable how many point guards they got on their roster. I, I just wonder how patient they can be. I feel like they might need to cash in now because that I'm with you. I feel like that's the team. If you put like the right player with them, like they could make a jump in the East. Like they could, yeah, they. The right I don't know vet. if they can win a title, but yeah, the right bet. Yeah. Well, and I, to, I mean, Marcus, to your point. Cause I agree with that. You know, on the one hand I'm saying they got to be deliberate. They, they also, it's, it's quite a bit different than Houston and Detroit. Uh, meaning like it's Orlando. You, you wake up in the morning with a complex, like our stars are going to want to leave at some point. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's just, just like, just check, like, check, the, check the tape. <laughs> right. So, you know, like, let, that's I, us I, waking I up with that. our wives early on. Like, oh, she's going to leave me, man. I'm ready to be on point. <laughs> she's still here. I can't believe it. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's going to be, I mean, I think this is all of these things being, and then you've got, you know, Boston's not done. You know, they've got to do some more and they, and they can't do it with, with Williams. He's, they're going to lose him now. I mean, they right. kind of made their play. So that's a guy. You talk about a guy that could help a young team. He could help a young team in a big way. Which I think. one, Grant? Grant Williams. Grant Williams. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I mean, obviously it depends on what he what he's going to ask for money-wise. But just in terms of temperament, being that type of glue guy, that ultimate glue guy, team guy, does all the dirty work, <clears throat> man. He could help a lot of teams. Like to me, I'd much rather have a guy like him than overspend on some of these other guys that are out there. What kind of number though? That's another shot at Kuz. You hear that? That's supposed to be a guy. It's not just no. It's not Kuz. I look. (laughs) I think Kuz has earned a big payday because he can score and he can rebound. I'm just saying. I can understand teams are not going to give him 30, 35 million. That's all. I'm hearing like the all free agency team on this pod is Grant Williams and Harrison Bruce, Barnes. Bruce, and Brown. Bruce Brown. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you guys know, like that. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. <laughs> what not kind of that, number on Grant you think? If that's you got a good a question. It? I don't know. I mean, that, it's a good question because you have to kind of, 
it's, it's you got to kind of bet on the cup with him, right? Like you got to kind of see him maybe in a different role or in a bigger role than he had in Boston. Um, and you could do that. And if you do that, then who are you comparing him to, right? Like who's, who's the, you know, it is somebody like Harrison Barnes, right? And Harrison was making 18, 20 ish, you know, in this last deal. So certainly if I'm Grant Williams, I I would go. I do. The I ain't giving him more does. than ten. I ain't giving him more than ten million. Really? Wow. Was he making four last year? Five? Damn, Marcus! You're not tripling this dude's salary. Come on, Scrooge McDuck. Damn. <laughs> give me coos if I'm paying that much. I'll double his salary. I'll give him eight, eight right. and a half, nine. Was he four last year? He yeah. was four. Wow. Yeah. Wow. No, he needs to get more than that now. Here's the thing I say about coos also. Because y'all think I hate him and I don't. Coos is <laughs> Coos is a very good end of quarter, end of half, end of game shot maker. He will take it. He is not afraid. <laughs> and he makes a lot of them. And he you know, they a- don't need it anymore because they have another one of those guys now. And Jordan Poole, baby. Right. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Marcus. Marcus, how much am I going to enjoy the, the fully the fully oh, realized Jordan Poole experience? Oh, man, you're going to love it. You are going to love it, JP. JP, what? Without Steph? Oh, let's go. Let's go. With no, with no shackles. The yeah, full. right? Oh, man. This is what he's been waiting for. My boy's got tell a him, I mean, since he's the man now, DA, tell him that – so he has this thing – in Warriors press conferences from the beginning, uh, his rookie year, where he would come in the room, Ray Ritter would be telling him, hey, I need you here, I need you there. And he'd always look at Ray and say, 90 seconds. No, Terry, the, secu- <laughs> the security guard. It'd be Terry. Like, Terry, <laughs> tell him all they got 90 seconds. 90 seconds. 90 seconds. Like, JP, like, this is your team now. It's gonna it's not going to be right. 90 seconds. Can't be 90 seconds. Right. Be like, on, right, I, 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 I give you 120. I give you 120 oh. seconds. <laughs> I know. We're going to have to work with him on that. I, I know. know. He, he's, a, he's a little gun shy, but that's okay. That's all right. We'll work with Sam, him. Sam, we'd be remiss without asking you about your beloved Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> yeah, there it is. There it is. <laughs> what in the world are they going to do? Uh, it, it feels like it's question number one, what they do with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, I think so. It's funny when we were talking about coups. Talk about pay cuts. <laughs> I mean, but also talk about life comes at you fast a little bit. If you go to the second round of the playoffs when he's having his way with the Warriors, uh, you guys remember I talked to him after one of the games and like everything was great. The fit was wonderful. Uh, and, you know, he he seemed to have leverage, you know, heading into free agency and then it all kind of fell uh, off when they faced Denver. Um, but I thought about D'Angelo in the context of a guy like Kuz. Like one thing I'll say, not to go backwards, but like about Kuz, like he got an incredible amount of confidence in himself, mm-hmm. seems to have a vision for himself that is greater than what it's been to this point, which I think very well could propel him to even more success. And it, I don't think it's as, you know, no disrespect, but as delusional as somebody like D'Angelo, where <laughs> – that's his flaw, and and it kind of reared its head again in the playoffs, and and really to the point where now with the Lakers, I I don't I mean listen, all I know is that late in the postseason, when I would try to get clarity on you know who the Lakers loved and who they maybe didn't love, and you know in the off season to come, that it was a, a lot of very quick answers about Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura. Like, oh, they are not going anywhere. Like, write it, shout it, scream it, go ahead. That's, you know, that memo was sent. And then it would be like, all right, well, what about D'Angelo? 
and be like, ah, we'll see how that goes, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> then hesitation, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, and then it's like fast forward to that uh, game five loss. I'm sorry, game four. How dare yeah. I forget that the Lakers got swept? Uh, you know, LeBron kind of sending that message of maybe I'll retire, and and only he knows like what his specific objective was of doing that. But at the time, it was like, all right, is he angling because he wants Kyrie? Is it Chris Paul? Or is it maybe like it's like D'Angelo cannot be the guy? Like that's yeah. not what we're doing. And so I don't know if that just means his numbers got to get a lot lower. Um, I think Rob Palenka probably feels like at the right number, he's a guy that that you know that fits uh, right. to an extent. But how does LeBron feel? You know, assuming he's obviously coming back. Uh, I don't know. The, the rest of it, you know, Austin's restricted. It, it'll probably cost him a boatload, but I don't think they're going to let him get away and probably the same with Rui. Yeah. That's the problem, right? DA, they, they don't, they don't have many other ways to go. Right? I don't know like, how they, how do they improve their team? Right. If you, if you, if you, if you, if you posit the most optimistic scenario for the Lakers going into the next season, which is the team we put together the second half of the season, we got to the Western conference finals and, we, we, you know, we have a shot. Okay. You could, you could think that, right? Like you could think that, but I, I think you are running a risk if you think that you don't need to do much of anything to improve the squad. Like, I think they need to add a, ple- a piece or two, <laughs> like they're not finished yet. And I'm not sure how they add that piece, you know, with their, with the limitations they have cap wise and tax wise. I mean, devil's advocate, kind of just for the conversation. How would like it? What what would you guys say if I countered by saying, "All right, but post trade deadline, they still had this getting to know you period. Uh, you know, these pieces are figuring out their roles, and like post trade deadline, it was really good. And yes. so, like the answer to what if the answer to the question is just more of this, where you ha- you get farther away from the dark memories of the first half of the season. Yeah. The yeah. two and 10 star. Darvin Ham's a second year coach. Um, all those things. I think that to me is where some of the like subtle tension or friction might lie between LeBron and the organization. And I'm not trying to dramatize it, but like if I, I feel like there are people in the front office who kind of look at it and they're like, I think we like this. Like, I think yeah. more of this evolving, getting more comfortable, you know, maybe we can actually, you know, push Denver next time. Um, and, and it certainly felt like LeBron was not seeing it the same and LeBron's way. like, well, push him to what? Game five? Exactly. Like, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, they got swept. Like, right. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? I do <laughs> think there's something to that, though. I mean, am I crazy for thinking they got together in February? Right. And look this, what they did. Like, give them an off season. Give them time. Okay. Like now that they know what D'Angelo Russell's weaknesses are, maybe they can better, better, like kind of acquiesce it. Like they didn't play Beasley at all, right? Maybe they can figure out a way to get Beasley in there. Like it, it just feels like, like better. I don't know an option better than that. Like that they could go get outside right. of going to get maybe Kyrie. Not. Maybe not. I just think I'm not sure I would be that sanguine about, well, if we just give, run it back, we'll be all right. You know, like Denver's pretty damn good. <laughs> now, if they lose Bruce Brown, they're not quite as good. I grant you that, but, but I mean, they might have good. a ceiling. Sure. I get that. But man, like even LeBron has got to remember 
like, dude, you guys were terrible. Like you right. were awful. And, and, and I think like it, not uh, making the play in awful. Right. 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 Yeah. All, all I'm saying is LeBron played like LeBron can't play any better than he played in the Denver series. He or was longer, phenomenal. Or longer, right? Yeah. And they got swept. <laughs> okay. And it wasn't a, it wasn't an especially hard sweep either by the Nuggets. Like they just said, all right, I guess it's time for us to win this game. And they did four times, you know? So Yeah, um, but then Michael Malone trolled him in the parade and he pissed him off, and that's yeah, gonna be the spark man, maybe, that's gonna, maybe, you know, get maybe, him back. We'll see. <laughs> that's what's yeah. fascinating about free agency, because everybody can view it. However, they want to view it, and nobody's wrong. So, I well, love and this. it's the Lakers, so they might get a minimum guy that you know. Exactly. I mean, That's all I'm knows? saying. I'm not saying yeah. you have to break the bank. I'm just saying yeah. they may need to add another player or two, yeah. like yeah. another body into that mix. I'm going go with D'Lo figuring it out. The D'Lo Revenge Series wow. next year against the Nuggets. <laughs> team D'Lo. I'm with Team, team Delusion. Let's go, baby. <laughs> I'm with Team Delusion. I'm with it. <laughs> Literally, oh, three of the letters in that word yeah, all right. are, are in the. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious, right? Yeah. But you know what I'm thinking. All right, Sam, go go to your next of 700 podcasts that you have to do now <laughs> because it's that all time good, of gentlemen. Year. I love coming on with you. I got to say briefly because I'm self conscious about it. You know, as fellow fathers, I'm just appreciate y'all not bringing up the the shiner in my eye that you, that you, you know. I didn't even you, notice you, it. Look at this baby. Who, don't who don't have sons, Marcus. Don't have sons. Oh, that's what we doing. We blame don't the wrestle sun. with your boys. Hey, somebody, yeah. somebody hey. tagged you with the left. Tell, hey, like. tell, tell your wife I said, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Sharon's, you know, dropping elbows on you like this. She is not. Dad. Yeah. Is that's, not. Why have, that's why I have daughters, right? Yeah. There you go. Smart man. You don't, you don't Although, get black eyes. If I had daughters, I'd be robbing banks for a living. I'd just be, I'd be putting in their hands. So, Dad, funny, can funny, I have a space shuttle? Yes, dear. Yes, I'll go get you one. Funny story that y'all appreciate. Just happened just before this podcast. I go pick my daughter up for from summer school. Uh, and so she's getting in the car. And there's this, this guy. In a game that constantly repeats itself, innovation is everything. It's all cyclical. Some of the best inventions come out of necessity. Okay, these are the problems. What are those solves? The NFL is constantly changing. Its coaches are constantly scheming. I always joke around. I say it's 32 offensive coordinators versus one defensive coordinator every week because they all watch each other's tapes. They go through the explosive reel. And they're like, oh, this looks good. Let's do it. Sometimes bright minds are in the right place with the right collaborators at the right time. Yeah, Cal barking at Matt LaFleur. Cal's getting irritated to the point that he finally gives up and they find a way to get away from each other until they come back and come up with a solution. But I'm a glutton for punishment, as some of those guys probably told you along the way. I'm Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic. I'm the host of a new narrative podcast called The Play Callers, a series about innovation, competition, and sometimes even self-destruction within the NFL's youngest coaching family. You lose that Super Bowl. You know, the lies that I told myself were, you won't be happy until you win a Super Bowl. Hear from these coaches like you've never heard them before with exclusive interviews with head coaches Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Mike McDaniel, and many more of the brightest minds in football. That's why when people say, like, I learned someone's offense, are you coaching that somewhere? What are you, the water boy guy who left his yellow book somewhere and now we have all your secret plays? Like, that's not how it works. My biggest fear if you talk to me as a 14-year-old would be the life of an 80s rock star to achieve success 
and then be on that downward trend. The coaches who knew each other the best also became each other's biggest competitors in the race to find new ideas. Sean and Kyle are so extremely competitive. I feel like it's like they love each other so much that they hate each other. The entire series will be out on Monday, July 10th, on the Athletic Football Show podcast feed. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.